Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Arguably, peanut butter and chocolate is the best combination ever. But there's a new kid on the block, the combination of your money and the concept of impact investing. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. Whatever you're saving up for, A CD from Sandy Spring Bank lets you grow your savings at a guaranteed rate. Right now, earn interest at 4.5% APY on an 8-month CD special or 4.25% APY on a 14-month CD special. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com slash cdspecials. Minimum opening deposit to earn the annual percentage yield is $500 for the 8-month CD special and $2,500 for the 14-month CD special. Member FDIC. Did you know that you have the power to change the world with your dollars? Everything you spend your money on, it just sends a message. And this is a concept I've become really dialed into in the last couple of years. So I was so pumped to speak with Catherine Berman, co-founder and CEO of CNote, which is an award-winning investment platform where you earn a better return, thank you, (laughs) while investing in causes and communities that matter to you. 
because that's what you should be able to do with your investing dollars, right? I mean, I think that's the whole problem with investing, particularly with millennials, is you're like, where is the money going? And so being able to powerfully direct it or direct a piece of the money, I think is really important. So I love this concept, but I wanted to know, is this just a fad? And honestly, can we really expect a good return, a similar return that we would have in traditional investing? And I had so many more questions for Kat, so I'm so excited to have her on this episode. So real quick, before we dive into the podcast episode, just a quick reminder that if you've got goals you want to smash in 2019, you need to run and sign up for our free four-week email challenge, The Money Game Plan, before February 4th. You're going to set a goal, you're going to get a strategy in place, and you're going to have a lot of positive motivation from me. But more than anything, you're going to empower your money to go places this year. So sign up in the link in the show notes or head on over to bit.ly slash mmoneygp. That's bit.ly slash mmoneygp. I'll see you in the challenge. Kat, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. This is a topic I'm so excited about. So thank you so much for being here. Well, thanks for having me. So I wanted to start out this concept of socially responsible investing. Is this just a fad or should this be a legitimate piece of our investing mix? Yeah, it's such a great question. So I certainly think if you had asked us, 10, 15 years ago, you probably would have heard a lot of naysayers going, what, you know, invest with your values? No, no, no. We we put our, our values stuff in philanthropy, right? If you want to do good for the world, you make a lot of money and then you wait till you're rich and then you invest it in nonprofits, <laughs> right? That was kind of the, the old guard. And then as folks started really doing it. So then you had this one, you know, this great, um, you know, group of folks that started actually putting their investable assets, right, into really values-driven, impactful investments. They're not donations, but investments. And then we finally got to see, well, what happens? And so over the last decade, what we've seen is is a tremendous increase in this values-based or socially responsible investing. You know, the term ESG comes up a lot um, in terms of socially responsible investing, which is environmental, social, and governments. And it's grown substantially. I mean, it's over trillion, $20 trillion in assets under management around the world. And it's estimated that one in four investment dollars is now being invested with a socially responsible lens. So it's grown dramatically. But I think what's so exciting is the returns, right? Because it's one thing to want to do it um, for whatever reason, and hopefully from a good reason of what you believe in, but it's another reason to know that it works. And what we've seen in study after study is not only do socially responsible investments not underperform, meaning the trade-off that everybody thinks you have to make, well, if, you know, I'm not investing in someone that's all about greed and profits and I'm clearly going to lose money. In fact, we're seeing it often outperform. So if you take a portfolio that was invested with a socially responsible lens versus a portfolio was just purely invested based on profit maximization, that first socially responsible portfolio typically outperforms. And so you get to do good and do well. It's, it's a pretty exciting time to be in this industry. Wow. That's so good to hear, though, because, you know, as a certified financial planner, at least even a few years ago, 
the idea of socially responsible investing was like, yeah, okay, but you might not get the return that you actually want. And it's nice to see this tidal wave happening where getting a good return it can go along with you investing in companies that you actually feel really good about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think has led, we talked a little bit, but what do you think has led to the rise in socially responsible investing? I mean, is this like a millennial topic where this this huge demographic has come along and said, you know what, we want to invest in things that we feel good about? Or have there been other sort of underlying economic factors that have led to this? Yeah, it's a really great question. Um, so I think there's been several, you know, sea changes, if you will, or, or large variables affecting this change. Um, two demographics, I would say, that are definitely leading the charge are, are certainly millennials and women, mm. right? So if you think about, and you may have heard, and your audience may have heard about this $30 trillion wealth transfer and process. And this is the idea that, you know, in the history of our country, the majority of folks who owned asset were um, older men, and it made a lot of sense because women weren't as involved in the workforce, and there was much more empowerment around, you know, men controlled the household um, assets and investment decisions. But what we're seeing now is a historical shift that in the next two decades, that is about to go topsy-turvy, and those who will be really um, holding the majority of investable assets will be both those millennials as well as women. Um, so a very big shift in demographics from older men to women and millennials. So that's one big shift. And that shift we've seen over and over again represents a shift in how they want to invest because every study I've seen reflects the fact that over 70% of either women or millennials expect to invest their dollars with the values alignment. They don't want to be putting their money in something they don't believe in or that's contributing to a world they don't want to live in or don't want their children to live in. So there's a real interest and expectation around aligning your investment with your values from those two populations. And those are the ones that are the future of financial services and investing. So I think that's certainly one piece of it. I certainly think the second piece of it is access to information, right? So 20 years ago, financial services was very opaque. I would argue today, it's still way too opaque. We're definitely not seeing enough transparency in finance, but we've got a little bit better. And so the ability to even understand who's managing your assets and what's under the hood, right? There was yeah. very, very little opportunity to do that. It was almost questionable if you even asked, right? Well, that's that's not your business. That's your financial advisor's business. <laughs> I think now, right? I think with all of the scandals that have happened um, in the last several years, especially with major financial institutions, starting from the Great Recession on to most recently, Wells Fargo and others, I think we're in a new era of transparency. We're all demanding to know. And that includes what the heck am I investing in, whether it's my savings account. You know, most of us have no idea what our bank does with our savings account once we pass it over or our 401k or any of the investments we make. So there's a thinking a new real interest in an era of transparency that's waking us up to, oh, wait, that's in my investment account. No, 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 no. That that is, you know, that is that is the antithesis of what I believe. Let let's think of something else. So I think transparency, and then I would also say technology. Right? There's been some wonderful advances um, in technology that's allowed some of these new investment vehicles to arise. I would also say, unfortunately, what we're still seeing is a lot of these new investment, socially responsible investment vehicles or opportunities are still really only available to the 
highest net worth folks in our country. And, yes. and that's really a shame. And that's really a shame and something obviously I feel very passionate about because, you know, we know that it's not just the 1% of our country that wants to invest with their values, right? It's over 70% of, of investors. And so what do we do about that? And so we, I do think, and we have a real mandate to create more and more accessible, democratized investment opportunities that make you money in your sleep, because guess what? That's what happens to the wealthy, right? They get to make money in their sleep. So should you. And also get to do it in a way that is aligned with your values, that is contributing to the world you want to live in. Yeah, there's so much about that that just makes me so excited. I mean, I love what you talked about. And I see this happening too, this awakening that people are having, particularly younger people, because when I was in my early 20s, Yes, I was investing in 401k and things like that, but I didn't have, I think, the awareness that a lot of younger people are having these days of really wanting to know what bank is my money with? What interest rate am I earning? What credit cards do I have? What are my investments? And I think that's just such a healthy place to get to, even if you're confused about what you're investing in or how much you should put in your investments or kind of those common investing questions. Just having that awareness about your money is so powerful. Totally. I, I like to give, I like to fire people up with my brick wall visual. So I always say, if you think about how many other things you get complete access to, especially in the right, given the internet and how much information we have, but then you think about your finances. And I usually liken most Americans' uh, relationship with their finances to a brick wall. You find a financial institution you, you hope is credible, right? You, you literally take your money and you throw it over the brick wall and you cross <laughs> your fingers and they ho and you hope they don't do anything bad with it, right? Like that's the truthful experience of most Americans. They have no idea what happens over the brick wall. And so we just hope really badly that, you know, please don't do anything negative to the world, to the environment, to people, right? With my money, but we don't actually know. And so I always come back and say, how shady is that, right? Like, why, totally. why do we... Why do we accept that? And so I do think it's so exciting, especially having millennials drive this era of transparency to, 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 to demand more. That is not okay. And you have every right. You work so hard for those dollars. You have every right to know where they're going, how they're being used. Are you getting the same right to earn money in your sleep and make a nice return as the person next door to you, despite, you know, where you were born or what you do for a living? And are those money, is that money being put to work in a really powerful way that you're proud to share? I love that example. That's such a great, that's such a great visual, though, to remember whenever you're sending your money anywhere. Like, where am I sending right? it over that brick wall? I love that. That's right. Yep. So yep. I know I know your company, C-Note, was created by yourself and another powerhouse woman, which, of course, I love. And you were both mm -hmm. compelled to create this company to address a lot of the things that you were seeing yourself. And one in particular that you talk about is this the wealth gap just deepening. And you're seeing this happen. We're seeing this happen now. It's it's right in our faces. So I'd love for you to just educate a little bit about that. What were you seeing with with the wealth gap? deepening that led you to say, you know what, we need to create a company to help solve this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a couple different things. I mean, at the time I was uh, managing director of a large financial services company and I'm, you know, part of my charge was creating these new financial products. And I look out my window and I just see the wealth gap getting worse. You see a rise in homelessness. You see the rise in economic disparity. Um, you know, the, just to give you, you know, a, a, a 
tidbit of information, but where we're going right now in terms of disparity is uh, about 10 years ago, the difference between the lowest income, a lowest income family and a highest income family was about 40 times. There's about 40 times difference, right? That's bad enough, right? There should not be that big sure. of, a, of a delta. To date, it's over 75 times. Wow. And so you go, what are we doing, folks, right? How are we able to, to, to stomach this, that the difference between one zip code and another can be that dramatic? And so it really is, was an aha for me and my co-founder of um, there is a wealth gap that is just increasing um, and and we need to do something about it. And finance is part of the problem. Can finance be part of the solution, right? So we've, we've uh, intentionally built and historically financial products that just serve the wealthy. How do we flip that on its head and do it something that's more meaningful that really levels the playing field, quite frankly, um, and creates more democratized, you know, economic empowerment financial products. So, so it's a real opportunity, frankly, and it's a real crisis in this country. And I think where me and my co-founder come from is it's a crisis that all of us can address. I think often when we think about the wealth gap and we think about the fact that, you know, talent is universal, but opportunity is not. And how do we get more opportunity in the hands of those who are driven and, and competent and want it, but just weren't born right in the right zip code? Um, we, we think also a lot about, um, you know, this idea of, of empowerment and, um, and you know, how do, you, how do you really make sure that everyone can play a role? Historically, what we felt is that when you thought about wealth gap, we usually think government and nonprofits, right? Oh, okay, so that part of town is not doing well. I guess government nonprofit is going to address it. And our shout out is, hey, if you care about that and if you agree would be a, we would be a stronger, safer country if we didn't have such a dire wealth gap, then let's all play a part in that solution. And that's why the type of financial products we build have that as a core thesis of you can do good and do well. You can earn a nice return and be contributing to closing that wealth gap. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future, too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. 
You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. 
now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable, where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international bestselling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become mentally stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Today's Ask Shauna is simply a shout out. I received so many messages from a lot of you regarding me sharing on the podcast that I had struggled with depression and anxiety. And although I really want to share those messages with you, I'm pausing because I want to keep those names of everyone anonymous. And I want you to feel free to be able to share with me when you're struggling or if you are somebody who's struggling with depression or anxiety please feel free to reach out to me and let me at least help you however I can. But I did have a couple of questions about how to handle your money when you're depressed and anxious. So I thought that would be great just to chat about for a minute because I definitely had some thoughts and reflecting on my own experience, there were definitely some things that I did and didn't do during that time period that is at least worth sharing. So when I was in the thick of depression, I didn't want to do anything. (laughs) Nothing. Staring at a wall for me was a great option. And if I could have just laid in bed all day long and not had any responsibility, I would have been just fine. But the truth is, I just, I had to keep going. I didn't really have that as an option. But what I did find was that if I allowed myself some days, at least if you aren't causing any harm to your job or to your family, But taking some days that was just a me day where I watched movies all day long and I just sat in my jammies and I drank tea and I ate something I really enjoyed and I didn't have to think too much. I didn't have anything that I really had to do. Those days were so valuable. And in my experience, if you neglect your money, it's going to neglect you. So instead, what I focused on was just doing one positive thing a day. And it it could be as simple as just reminding yourself of a goal you want to achieve, something really positive. But I just focused on that one thing a day. If I could just achieve one thing with my finances, maybe it was even just paying a bill, as stupid as that sounds, or opening an app or 
something that was at least connecting me back to, I don't want to say the real world, but you know, all the expectations that were on top of me, then I considered it, it was a success. It was a successful day. And I didn't have to feel totally overwhelmed with all the things that I, <laughs> I really knew I had to do. I just focus on that one thing. And again, that's really where I'm such a big supporter of these weekly money check-ins. And I know they can be overwhelming, particularly when you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious. Usually the last thing you want to do is check up on your money. But sometimes I think that's the best thing that you can do. If you can change the dialogue, change the dynamic that you have with money, and you can make them fun. You can go someplace you love or have a beverage or just to create an environment that makes you feel really safe and comfortable, then you're going to be more motivated. And for me, when I started to see changes with my finances, when I started to see things happening, it's not that making more money or doing better with my money is related to my happiness. It just felt like, oh, this is something I can control. I can change the dynamic. I can get in a better relationship with my finances and all the things I have to do. And that just is going to innately propel me forward. And another thing I did was I didn't make any rash decisions or big purchases when I was feeling depressed. I gave myself at least 48 hours just to think about it. And this is one thing I did is not just think about it. I made a list of pros and cons for almost every purchase that I made that I would say was $100 and above because that list then, that became my brain more or less. And I could look at that list and I could say, okay, this is a good decision or this is a bad decision because my brain was doing all these crazy things. Uh, it was taking me places that were not good and I, I wasn't able to think clearly and I was tired and all of these hard things to to work through. So being able to look at on a piece of paper the decision, it just made it a little bit easier for me. I also figured out really early on that finding something that you love and doing it at least three days a week is really important for me. I found yoga and journaling. Those two things were really staples, even though I would drag myself to yoga or I would use every excuse. I knew that I would feel so much better afterwards. So I think just find your thing. Find whatever it is. Maybe it's cooking or sewing or karate or Muay Thai or I don't know, whatever it is for you. Find that thing and then just push yourself a little bit, like a little healthy bit. Maybe find an accountability partner or somebody to just keep you motivated to commit to it three days a week. That's it. The other four days, you don't have to do anything. And I also focused on eating well and just not putting myself in situations around people where it would amplify the situation or amplify my anxiety or my depression. And when I did, I didn't make good choices because I felt worse about myself. So really protecting your environment when you feel that way, even if it's momentary, is really crucial because that can change everything for you. But I just wanted to say that to everyone who this has resonated with, whether you've been depressed or anxiety or whatever it is for you for a short period of time, or maybe it's just been a lifelong struggle for you, hang in there because it will get better. Nothing lasts forever. That it's certainly a motto that I've hung on to my whole entire life. And although I feel so much better now, I still have these times where 
I have to do a lot of positive self-talk and, and I really have to regroup myself. And sometimes, honestly, I just need to go and have a good cry and I need to get back in my jammies and watch something not so great on TV and just give myself like a half hour or an hour to reset. And then it's like, okay, I did that. I'm good. I honored myself. And now it's time to get up and start kicking butt again. And this may seem like an obvious question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who is benefiting from having this large of a wealth gap? Well, I mean, I realize that's a huge question, but (laughs) yeah. So a lot of folks that you that you would imagine, right? I mean, let's be clear. You know, I would say um, investment, um, the stock market, the market, financial services, traditional finance and right. Like all of the major players right now benefit from the status quo. If they didn't, they would change it. Right. I mean, there's a lot of data to suggest what an opportunity it is to serve um, you know, those who are underserved. And yet we see very little movement from traditional financial services to do that. And so um, it, it is clear that the traditional players, right, benefit from the status quo, as well as, you know, those who are already in a really a great position of power, right? Yes. So there's a lot of reasons why, why this hasn't happened before. But, you know, what we like to hypothesize is if you could come to the table and really start from scratch, right? And not with a business model that was, how do I create a company that, that right, is, is as um, greedy as humanly possible, but instead, how do I create a company that makes as many people as, as possible financially healthy? And as many people means everyone. That doesn't mean just people who graduated from a certain college, right, or has a certain income. It means everyone. And so it's, I think, taking a different lens on this that helps create new business models and new approaches to finance. Yeah, that, very well put. I like that. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about, about C-Note. You know, what type of companies that you offer that you can invest in where you can you can do good and, and be with a, you know, a good company that makes you feel good? You know, how do you vet these companies? What's your process like? Yeah, so kind of easiest way to think about us is if you have um, cash, and you wanted to put it to work for a nice return and for a positive social impact, we are a great place to check out. Um, And so the way that we do that is we invest uh, in very different asset classes. So if you think about right now your savings account or your fixed income in your portfolio, a lot of that is going to things like, uh, you know, from a savings account, it's, it's funding other people's mortgages, it's funding other people's credit cards, right? Yes. We don't do that. What we do is we take your dollars, and we lend them to treasury certified nonprofits. And you may say to yourself, whoa, that's interesting. How do you actually make a return by investing in nonprofits? Well, these nonprofits are treasury certified lenders, which means their business as a nonprofit is to provide really fair loans to underserved communities. That's loans such as building uh, schools in low income communities, loans to build affordable housing, loans for first-time women entrepreneurs. So a lot of the cool projects that we want to see in our communities and we want to see across the country, these nonprofits are leading the way to make those happen. But right now, a lot of the times they get their money from large banks and foundations. So we're opening up that opportunity to say, you can be a part of that social good. You can be a part of that opportunity to both invest in something you care about, right? 
schools and community centers and health centers and minority-led businesses, small businesses, local businesses, while making a really nice return. So that's kind of the, the access point for us. That's great because you're right. I mean, so many of us just don't have those opportunities. So are we able to, uh, through CNOTE, see what these different organizations are doing so that we can feel comfortable giving our, our dollars to these? Absolutely. And as I shared, you know, transparency is such a huge part of this equation. And we're such a believer that has to be the future of finance. So for us, we try to be really, really clear about, you know, we do a very, very um, strict and sincere job about diligencing these, right, and making sure we're getting you the best opportunities. We've created a, a really easy platform and with highest level encryption, right, so your money can be secure and safe there. And then we move it into these treasury certified nonprofits, right? So those are kind of the three really in, in ways to visualize your money flow. And then from there, where does your money land to your point? And so what we've put on our site is tons of examples of exactly where your money is landing. And so whether it's a, um, uh, a paleteria in New York or whether it's affordable housing in Detroit or whether it's a new first time dry cleaner, you know, in, um, in uh, uh, Oakland, California, we've got some great examples on the website that you can check out of exactly where your investments go. Now, keep in mind, what we do is we spread your dollars across various investments for diversification purposes. So we want to make sure that we're not tying you with, up with one specific loan. But what we do share is, again, and, uh, that, that breath so you can see, oh, this is how you're putting my money to work. Got it. Got it. Okay. I love that because I think transparency, you're right. It's, it's the future. It's the key. It's, it's giving us power over our money and the direction that our money is flowing. So for people who are, are maybe new to investing, if this was something that they were really interested in, would this be maybe a piece of their portfolio or would this be a larger chunk of their portfolio? Yeah. So the way that uh, most have used C-Note, just so you know, is two ways. One is uh, just for their cash. So they usually see that their cash is probably sitting in a place they may not be so proud of. So a traditional bank often. <laughs> what are you uh, talking you about? Know, yeah, exactly. So there are many folks who, who come to us because they're like, oh, I just want to get out of my bank. Like, I don't believe in who they are. I don't even know how to use my money. How can I move my cash into something else? And for that, we have a couple options. So we have uh, C-Note, our, our current flagship fund, which is on mycnote.com, 2.75 return, quarterly access, 100% of those dollars goes to social good and underserved communities. So if you go to mycnote, you can check that out. We also are coming out actually this quarter with our next product, which is a fully insured um, uh, savings product. So that's really exciting, too, for those who are looking for a new place to put their emergency fund um, or, you know, saving up for a specific goal and want that comfort of full insurance. We have that as well. Um, so that's really kind of the uh, move my money into move my cash into some place I can feel proud of, but also feel smart, right, that it's making a really great return. The second way is on the portfolio front, we also have uh, fixed income products, like one in particular that's focused 100% on investing in women across the U.S. You know, we talk a lot about the gender gap and the need to get more money in the hands of women. And yet, from an investment portfolio perspective, most of what we're given to invest in are things like, let's see more women on boards. I love that. That's 
awesome, but that doesn't solve all the entire right yes. span of the problem. And so we're trying to create new products like the Wisdom Fund to allow folks to be able to invest um, into a type of fixed income with a great return, but also 100% of that goes to women and particularly women of color. So those are just a few examples, but I would say majority of folks come to us because they want to move their cash into something they're proud of and can feel smart, or they want to look very specifically at fixed income opportunities that reflect their values. I love that because you don't hear this language. You know, I don't hear this language with other investing houses. And it's good to know that you have choices, that you have places that you could put your money, your your safe, your cash, and have it go to help fund these different endeavors, things that you're really passionate about. I just think that's really powerful for us to be able to have that option. So I wanted to back up just a little, just a little bit. So investing in 2019 is obviously a big goal. A lot of listeners have, um, you know, we're working to demystify that some if we can for people, because there's still a lot of people that are on the fence with investing, particularly a lot of women that are, that are conservative, that are nervous about investing. Just in your opinion and and your expertise working in this field, you know, what is the power of investing and why should it be a focus, even with all the uncertainty that's going on with the economy? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's such a great question. Um, and it's one that I wish all of us learned, you know, in junior high, because I, this is the vision. This is my other visual I give to folks, um, which is, you know, let's say you're commuting to work, right? You're on the subway or bus or, you know, walking, and then it's you, right? And imagine someone else walking next to you, guy or girl, Right. If you, for the next, right, 20, 30 years, right, just go status quo and don't invest and just have your idle checking and saving, you're like, eh, I'll get to it at some point, right, versus that person walking right next to you, right, who's, who's stocking out a little bit every year in investment, right, they could easily retire 5, 10, 15 years before you, right? just because of what they're doing. And that's conservatively, right? That's not even putting a number on it in terms of the millions of dollars that person's going to retire with that you're not. And so I I try to put that visual in people's head of, uh, you know, those baby choices we make today, those baby steps we take today of trying out investing can make a tremendous difference in terms of when you get to retire and with what you get to retire. And not just that. I mean, probably even more important is what what I call freedom, right? Um, you know, there's this notion of getting to make the choices that totally reflect you. And think about if you've ever been a job you hate or in a relationship <laughs> you got to get the hell out of, right? Or an, or an apartment that stinks and you just want out, right? What's one of the biggest reasons you're stuck in that? It's financial insecurity. And so another reason we really advocate for folks to start investing is is not even thinking about 30, 40 years down the road and retirement that's so far away. It's like, give yourself the freedom to get out of bad situations. Give yourself the freedom to make the life that you're most proud of. And to do that, you've got to put your money to work, right? Unless you found some type of amazing job that's making you millions in your income, right? Even in that, you should be investing. But for most folks, right, they're making a, a good enough income. And so how do you supplement that to really give yourself the freedom of choice? And that's where investing is just a really amazing, powerful tool. I love that. That That's awesome. I think that that is a powerful visual. You've given us a lot of powerful visuals, but I love that one as well. <laughs> so if you could leave listeners with maybe one thought today about 
how they should think about socially conscious investing, what would it be? I would say think of it as, um, uh, well, first of all, the, the probably the biggest point I'd leave with is um, it's doable. I think a lot of folks think about socially conscious investing as, okay, that's what high net worth folks do, right, or rich folks. Um, but actually, it's something every one of you could do as soon as you stop listening. And the reason is, is there's definitely opportunities out there to move your money into something you can feel proud of. And so to give you some really easy steps, even something like looking up your local credit union, right, or CDFI bank, those are two terms that I would encourage you to look up because those are ways that you can move dollars into uh, a firm or an institution that is really out to do well. Most of those are nonprofits even though they're financial institutions and they're really out to do good things with your money and house it safely. So that's certainly a, a step you could take. Obviously, C-Note, right, we do we are open up to everybody with no minimum, so that's a step you can take. Um, and then if you do, right, work with um, a financial advisor, um, you know, poking at them in terms of, you know, what do you have for me that reflects my value? So I do think there's some some steps that everybody can start taking. It's no longer just a thing to do when, you know, you're old and retired. It's something that all of us can really embrace. But at the end of the day, it's also deeply personal. You know, we like to say socially responsible investing is whatever it means to you. For some, for some people, it's investing in women. For some people, it's investing in the environment. For some folks, it's just don't do harm with my money, right? For some folks, it's make sure that you're empowering others so they can also be economically um, free. So it really is a personal decision, but I do think what we're seeing is more and more opportunities to actually not just think about it and like the idea, but, but take action and do something with it. Wow, that is so powerful. Well, thank you, Kat, so much for this. This has been amazing. I've loved chatting with you. Tell the listeners where they can go to find more out about C-Note if they're interested. Absolutely. So our site is mycnote.com, M-Y-C-N-O-T-E.com. We've got a lot of information uh, on the page as well and also a great support network. So if you've got any questions or just want to talk to someone about this and ask, you know, talk it through, we've got a bunch of folks ready to chat and share a little bit more about the industry and what we're up to. Um, So check us out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora.